0: I'm Jacob Lazaro,
1: and I'm Debbie Marie Brown.
0: Debbie, can you tell me about your two IDs again?
1: Okay, so I have one Connecticut driver's license and an Illinois State ID that isn't a driver's
0: license, which has my dorm address on it. And you obviously won't be living there next year.
1: Exactly, but I'm still here for nine months a year, and I only got the Illinois one because I lost my Connecticut ID.
0: This address confusion is a dilemma a lot of college students, especially freshmen, face.
1: Although most don't end up having
0: two IDs. Right, right, yeah, but balancing two homes is one of the unique things about being in college.
1: We're all going through this experience in tons of different ways, but for freshmen, it can be especially taxing.
0: We spoke to four Northwestern freshmen about their experiences balancing two addresses and two homes.
2: Uh, I'm Jake Curtis from London, England. I'm a freshman communication studies major.
0: So where does Jake
1: consider home?
2: So uh, a fairly big family. I have an older sister, two younger brothers. Uh, They're all kind of the greatest. Um, My older sister's a genius, has pink hair, lives in New York. Um, my parents are like the best people I know. Dad is sort of morally incredible. Mom is less morally incredible, but kind of gets what she wants, which is also very respectable, I think. And the two younger brothers are pretty standard.
0: <laughs> Before coming to Northwestern, Jake lived in New York for some time with his family. He says the transition from Britain to America was harder than he expected.
2: There is that belief that sort of this, the, the Western English-speaking world is gonna be the same that England, Australia, the united states is all similar and i was kind of expecting this and then coming here i found the biggest change isn't necessarily in activities or day-to-day living but there is a definite change in the kind of uh I- ideals and beliefs of the people i find everything is slightly off everything is slightly foreign even the kind of uh, cashier people in shops i find different there's a it's just a general different tone with the people. I spent a lot of my childhood in a little village in the uh, on the east coast of England, and it Evanston reminds me much more of that than living in London or living in New York because this it's, it feels so sort of small and parochial almost. This lovely community feeling, this lovely sense mm. that everyone uh, is bound by some common thread, uh, and I, I love that. So
1: where does Jake consider home?
2: It's it's. It's complicated for me. For me, I very much feel like, for me, home is is my family. It's less. I mean, I love where I grew up. I love where I live. Uh, like the shops there. I got my favorite restaurant. But um, but it's still. I don't feel as much of an emotional tie to it as I do to just the people that were there, and and those people no longer are there. Like my sister, very close with now, lives in New York. My best friend uh, lives in Brighton. There's. Everyone sort of scattered when I go home. I find going home the most difficult thing, because I go home and find it doesn't exist anymore, almost. Uh, so for me, it very much feels like my family is my home.
0: On the flip side, there's Bailey Rue, who is in Cespi. She lives in 1838 Chicago and was one of 19 Northwestern freshmen from Evanston.
3: How many mm-hmm. minutes are you from here? I'm like five minutes away. Five minutes? Yeah. Oh, um. close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm very close. <laughs> um. It's nice that I can, like, meet people from all over the country and, like, hear about them and their experiences, like, coming to Evanston, because, you know, I want to see how they like Evanston, because we're really mm. Evanston. My mom's, like, running for alderman, and she's super Evanston. Oh, you're really Evanston? Yeah. So, it's nice to, like, see my friends' perspectives of it, because, like, this is home to me, and I'm also jealous when, like, they can go home somewhere else over break, and I'm just, like, stuck here. Do you feel like you are in Evanston when you go? I don't. When I'm on campus, I feel like I'm in a different city. Like, I can just, if I stay on campus, I feel like I'm, like, not five minutes from home. Mm -hmm. But as soon as I cross, like, Ridge, and then it's like, oh, this is where I've been my whole life. Would
0: you want to even move off campus? I know a lot of people want to move off campus to, like, you know, Mm -hmm. regain some sense of, like, this is my house. I don't have to share a shower with, you know, 30 people and I
3: don't think I'd be going back home. Um... I would want to live off campus also, but I wouldn't mind going back home and being with my dog all the time.
1: Open up my home and let me see
4: the baby.
0: Many Northwestern students come from more urban environments. Emily Reich, who lives in Shepherd, does not. I'm from Huntsville, Arkansas. How many How many people do you think live there?
4: Probably 2,000. Very small. Yeah. It's small. <laughs> <laughs> so I have two older sisters. Um, one's five years older than me and the other seven years older than me. We, I'm very close with my, because like we have, Shelby's my middle sister and Ashley's my oldest sister. I'm very close with Shelby. I'm um, pretty close with my oldest. Um, not as much. She always tried to like be the mother for me. Mm-hmm. My dad I'm somewhat close to. Um, the last year I was living there, I was working a lot. And so I wasn't really seeing him a whole lot. Um, it was, we were kind of just like roommates. Really, really close with my older sister. Like her, mm-hmm. she's getting married this year. I'm her maid of honor and everything like that. So how's Emily adjusting to life in Evanston? Um, it's really nice and refreshing to me because I wasn't a big fan of the small town. Um, there was, like, everybody knew everybody, and when people say that you don't think it's true, but it really is true. Like, I knew everybody's name. Um, you, like, of the 2,000 people, you know, everybody, you know, mm-hmm. their stories, or you, at least you know what people say about them. And so a lot of people, like, heard things about me that were not true, and so I was like, mm, I don't like this. A lot of people there have the same mindset of, like, you finish high school, you get married, you have kids. There were a lot, there was about 10% of my graduating class that had families and had children already. And so like, that was just the norm there. Everybody (sighs) in Arkansas, or not everybody, but the majority of people there um, are Republicans. My father being one of them actually, he would have voted for Trump. And so when I left, everybody here was obviously liberal. And so I was like, okay, this is really different, really nice. I got to learn a little bit more because I didn't really get to learn a whole lot um, back where I was from. They didn't teach anything. They didn't really talk about it other than being like, yeah, I'm a Republican. And that's it. End of conversation.
1: Does Northwestern feel like home? Yeah. Does Northwestern
0: feel like home to
4: you? It does, actually. A lot of my friends are living on my same floor. That's how we became so close. Uh, in Arkansas, I wasn't—I didn't have a big group of like friends. Um, but here, I do, and so they like keep me, like not just doing like schoolwork or working all the time. I, mm-hmm. I have like more time to hang out with them because they like make me remember that I like have them to mm-hmm. like lean on. So it
1: is—it feels. I mean, it's really nice. Finally, there's Ying Dai. She's in Medill and came to Northwestern from China via Swaziland in southern Africa.
5: I'm the only child, uh, in in my family. So um, they, I was, my mom gave birth to me really young when she was 22, I think, relatively young. We are really dependent on each other, we're very supportive of each other, and um, like uh, every, like all the children who's like under the influence of one-child policy we're sort of mm. learning to adjust and to find sort of siblingship from friends and, mm-hmm. and minting, at the same time, minting this close family structure.
0: So how did Ying manage her two big transitions?
5: The biggest transition for me uh, from China to Swaziland was more of challenging who I was, challenging my existing beliefs and um, perception of the world because I lived together with 80 of people from 80 different nationalities. Mm-hmm. And you learned to um, to think before you ask questions, to get to know a person first before you make judgments, and then to challenge everything you've heard. From Switzerland to States, to the States, I think what I found most difficult is how individualist everyone is, how everyone's doing their own things. Everyone's very, you're out to be independent. Uh, you're taught to take care of yourself first, which is Kind of different from how I've raced mm-hmm. and the whole idea of community um, and the whole idea of you need to live in a collective family. And also how segregated the United States is in terms of like you're segregated by culture, you're segregated by race, and there's a lot of labeling that I, I was not used
0: to. Ying started school in Swaziland when she was 17. Because of that, she's now 21, a lot older than most freshmen.
5: It gives me a lot of pressure that I want myself to do better because you've done, you've, you're older but then you also get a, you also have more adjustment to do culturally, language-wise, and also even humor-wise. People don't get your joke and you don't get other people's joke. You don't understand slang. <laughs> it's, uh, you don't understand like pop culture reference. And they're, very, they're all very difficult but at the same time. No, you need to rush because you're old, you know? Mm-hmm. The place I feel most at home will always be where my parents are. Mm-hmm. So like right now it should still be China, but then also at the same time I do feel like this multicultural homelessness where you you have a lot of habitats but you don't actually you're you don't actually find you're rooted anywhere
0: for these freshmen balancing two homes is mostly about balancing people friends and family wherever they may be however people aren't always everything for Jake there's also food oh the just, food just the food yeah it's the food
2: <laughs> i i found out Very recently, there's a a very false idea in America that English people have bad food.
0: Yeah, I was actually about to say this. Yeah, it's like it is a lie.
2: It is a bold lie. (laughs) We have the best food in the world. (laughs) Maybe bar the Italians. They're doing pretty well. (laughs) But wow, we've got good food in England. Uh, It's incredible. There's so much, like the cold meats. You guys don't have many, like you don't have pork pies or scotch eggs. Oh, uh, sausage rolls, none of them. Um, I miss the food a lot. Uh, Biscuits is the large thing. I have uh, English biscuits, very different to American biscuits. American biscuits are fine. Mm -hmm. Um, But English biscuits, I have a tattoo of biscuits on my foot. Um, (laughs) You do? Yeah. Oh
1: my god.
2: Uh, Do you want to see it? Yeah, go ahead. I, I, I love biscuits more than anything. And you guys don't have them at all here.
0: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's How it's long commitment. have you had that tattoo? Uh, about six months now.
2: England and America did very similar things culinary. You know, we, we, we colonized the world, and we took all of their best food back to England. And you did the same, because we made you. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, you guys took your food, and you Americanized it. You, you bastardized it, to a sense. Mm-hmm. You changed it. In England, it didn't change. It just sort of stayed traditional so what i love in england is the the massive variety of food almost all the food i have here tastes slightly the same it's the same flavors it's the same ingredients it's kind of different combinations of the same thing in england there's so much diversity that's remained in the food that i miss that a lot Mm -hmm. um the kind of difference of it all and then just biscuits again wow there's jammy Dodgers, there's Hobnobs, there's Chucky Digestives. Wow. On
1: my way home, on my way, on my way home. The music in this episode was written and performed by me, Debbie Marie Brown.
0: I'm Jacob Lazaro.
1: And this is Ask NBN. On my way home, on my way, on my way home.